the Irish Times business podcast in association with Irish Life. Supporting companies and their employees for 75 years. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. Let me remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast for free on iTunes and it's also available on our website irishtimes.com forward slash podcasts. This week my guest in studio was Jack O'Connor, who stepped down as General President of SIP2 last December after 38 years as a paid trade union official. He tells me about his decision to stand for the Labour Party in the next election and gives his verdict on our economic recovery and the performance of the Fine Gael-led minority government. Now, we're going to begin the week as usual with our roundup of the news thus far. And joining me in studio is Peter Hamilton of the Irish Times. Peter, we're going to start with Facebook and this uh, European Commission digital tax. Yeah, so first of all, Facebook and shares in the company down 9.15% so far this week. This is down to a story that's emerged regarding Cambridge Analytica, who paid an app to scrape data from Facebook to take data effectively, well, legally, uh, with more than uh, 270,000 users in the US affected. Now, Cambridge Analytica worked for the Trump campaign and... That in itself has... has also involved has, in the Brexit referendum campaign. It was, and, and Cambridge Analytica are working uh, with one of the sides, I understand it, uh, in the upcoming referendum here. Um, but f- from Facebook's point of view, uh, and for investors in Facebook, why this is, I guess, becoming more worrying, is that uh, Mark Zuckerberg hasn't said anything on it yet. He's been silent, and typically he would have come out on his Facebook page by this point, but he hasn't. And he's been called before the UK Common Select Committee uh on the on the Irish front, the Irish Data Protection Commissioner said that she's following up uh, the the incident. So it's unclear where this is going. And until we hear from Facebook, I suspect there'll be a bit more turbulence. In and the issue price. here, correct me if I'm wrong, but the issue here is that while some people were aware that they were signing up, what they were signing up to with Facebook, they weren't aware that the information of their family and friends uh, who they were connected with through Facebook was also being scraped effectively. Yeah, and and and. That is the case, and and the scraping thing no longer really happens following uh, following a some regulation Facebook brought in. I think in twenty twelve mm. it was. Mm. So, but it, but it does raise wider quest questions around data protection, and you know even the users who did sign up to this probably weren't entirely aware of and what the they Irish, were signing up to. Yeah, the Irish Data Protection Commission is right the crosshairs of this because it, it's effectively Facebook's European regulator because Facebook has its European headquarters here. It has a responsibility for the whole of Europe, essentially. Yeah, it does. Now, again, it is worth pointing out that with regard to the Cambridge Analytica story, it was 270,000 US users. Now, there will be some Irish users caught in Mm. that and that they'll Mm. be friends or something, but for the most part, US users. Right, and shareholders are not happy at the fact that 60 billion has been wiped off the market value of Uh, Facebook. Nor indeed will Mark Zuckerberg be. His his own holding, his own net worth will have dropped as a result, but I'm sure he'll get over it. you know, he's still worth a lot of money, so I don't think there'll be too many people (laughs) crying over him. Um, okay, now the European Commission, we've been talking about this digital tax for I don't know how long, and they finally issued their proposals. It's a 3% uh, interim tax, if you like, on turnover, digital uh, turnover by tech companies in Europe. And they're proposing uh, a tax on profits, ultimately. And this, uh, how's this going down? Look, as if things weren't bad enough for Facebook, this could probably affect them worse. Uh, similarly with Google, just before we came in here, uh Peter Vale from Grant Thornton was saying that if implemented these effects for Ireland, and not to mind Facebook and Google for a moment, these effects for Ireland pose a greater threat than the US tax reform package. So, you know, what this does is it applies to service... A greater com- threat to Ireland and our to- foreign direct investment. Exactly, the, the, than what the US tax reform package would have done. Sure. Uh, so, 
what people are saying essentially is that there would be a threat to corporate tax revenues here uh, as a result of the fact that tax would be raised where the companies make their revenues and of course Facebook and Google would make far greater revenues in the likes of Germany and France than they would here but because their uh, headquarters are located here we benefit from the corporate tax take to some degree to, yeah. some, to, well, to some degree it, it is it is only a, a fairly small amount in the grander scheme of things mm-hmm. uh, Facebook and Google Um so what this will do is it'll apply to services provided by those digital companies where user participation and contribution plays a central role in value creation is what they say and uh, it'll apply where they have a significant digital presence even if they're not physically located there thus the concern for Ireland. Sure yeah and of course we can veto this but we've no sense of whether uh, we're we're going to uh, we're going Ireland is going to do that. At the government is keeping its cards yeah, at close this point, to the stress it, it's not moment. clear but okay. All right, let's talk about Central Bank. Uh, they had a credit register which went live yesterday. It's going to replace, ultimately replace, the old Irish Credit Bureau. It's been eight years in the making, but we discovered there are several gaps uh, in the information it's going to hold. That's right. Uh, last June, I reported that the, the register itself wouldn't include car financing data and PCP and higher purchase and all that sort it's of thing. It's extraordinary. There's a lot of money being spent on that every year in Ireland. Absolutely. And I, when I spoke to some car finance houses last June, they told me that they were preparing for this register. They were collecting the data and they had spent money on that. But the central bank told them back then that it wasn't going to be included. And what they said last June was that uh, they were still actively engaging with the Department of Finance and that it wouldn't be in the first phase due to a necessary legislative amendment. Now, you know, nearing a year on, we're, we're a few months off from a year, I guess, but there's still no clear indication of when right. PCPs will be included in that. Right. Now, let's talk about our national debt. Quite depressing. We're paying €16.5 million Euro a day in interest to service our national debt. That's interest on the €200 billion Euros or thereabouts debt and it's the fourth largest spending category for governments behind social protection health and education this is uh, these are figures that the NTMA has kindly distributed to everyone yeah <laughs> look it's a lot Just of money cheers up as yeah. the uh, yeah as, as the snow melts away it's a lot it is a lot of money uh, one rather positive thing from this i think is that Conor O'Kelly the head of the National Treasury Management Agency he, he said that at least Ireland is less exposed to the end of quantitative easing uh, now what he's also said, which is positive, is that the, the NTMA has reduced the state's refinancing requirement for the next three years from £60 billion to £30 billion. Although he did warn that debt remains high and, and said that Ireland is still a very leveraged country. Yes, of course. And we shouldn't blame the NTMA for running up this debt. It's uh, run up by the government, <laughs> it's run up by the state. Yeah. They're just uh, tasked with having to manage it as best they can. Now, uh, finally uh, and quickly, Peter, let's talk about the chef uh, shortages again. And also uh, champagne sales in Ireland. It seems that the fizz has gone out of them somewhat. Indeed. Well, we'll, we'll run through the chef shortages very quickly. Uh, we, we remember a couple of weeks ago, Restaurant Associ- Association of Ireland was complaining about the shortage. A number of people have been complaining about this for a long time. What's happened, or what happened last week, was that the uh, a change in regulation from the Department of Business, Enterprise and Innovation makes it easier for restaurants to hire chefs from outside the EU. So that's good news there, and the RAI welcomed that. Uh, On to the champagne thing. Uh, Champagne imports, despite what people perceive to be an uptick in Ireland's fortunes, uh, champagne imports are down 10% on 2016, just under 475,000 bottles. And that compares to 1 million in Celtic Tiger times. So we're well off the the good times. Uh, The biggest market for champagne is the UK. They imported 27.8 million bottles, followed by the US and Japan. So hopefully we'll get back to those numbers. And no doubt a few champagne corks were popping around Twickenham last Saturday as Ireland secured the Grand Slam. That that, that contributes to it. All right, Peter, thank you very much.
We're going to take a short break now. When we return, I'll be talking to former SIP2 General President Jack O'Connor. Back in a few moments. At Irish Life, we can tell you that 49% of employees in Ireland don't think about tomorrow. They don't have a pension plan. We can help you help them. Because if you're involved in running your company's pension plan, we can administer it for you. With our member-specific investment solutions, online access for employers, trustees and members, and always-on smartphone apps. Just call one of our corporate team on 01704 Visit irishlifecorporatebusiness.ie or contact your pension consultant to find out how we can help your company think of tomorrow. We know Irish Life. We are Irish Life. Irish Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. All information source for Irish Life September 2014. Welcome back. This is Inside Business with Kieran Hancock. Let me remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast for free on iTunes and it's also available on our website, irishtimes.com forward slash podcasts. I'm joined now in studio by Jack O'Connor, who stepped down as president of SIP2 in December 2017, having served three six-year terms in the role. Jack continues to work for SIP2. He's chairman of the Labour Party and he's planning to stand for the party in Wicklow at the next general election. Jack O'Connor, thank you for joining us. I was looking back and uh, 38 years, I think, as a paid official with SIP2 and you served, uh, what, how many? uh, Three six-year terms as general president uh, before stepping down last December. So you're gone three months now. Uh, what What have you been up to since? Well, uh, reflecting a bit, maybe, um, uh, I, I think the, the big project that I'm engaged in now uh, as a result uh, of a request from the Labour Party in, in, in Wicklow is that um, uh, uh, I intend to, to contest uh, the next election there on behalf of the Labour Party. And, this uh, is the next general election? Yeah, the next general election. In Wicklow, even though it, you live in Kildare? Yeah, well, I live in a neighbouring constituency mm. and um, I live within, actually within 20 minutes of Blessington and uh, within 40 minutes of Bray, uh, I can actually get uh, uh, from Bray to home and from home to Bray uh, in in about um, two thirds of the time it used to take me uh, to get to Liberty Hall, uh, where I walked every day for for 18 years. Nonetheless, I I mean, the constituents not sort of uh, expect their public representatives to live in the same constituency as them, to have a sense, to have a true sense, a real sense of what the issues of the day are for them. I think that that is true, but but um, that being said, they also expect to know their representatives, and uh, and to know what they stand for, and um, uh, I, I think uh, a fair proportion of people, not not probably by any means a majority, but a fair proportion of people would have a good idea of what I stand for, given the positions I've adopted. Uh, mm. So, what are your key co- policy platforms be? Well, uh, uh, what I want, uh, what I want, uh, the, the reason actually, maybe that's a better way of approaching it. The the, the reason why I I, um, I I accepted the invitation uh, was because uh, um, there is a case to be made uh, uh, in Ireland for uh, public investment and enhancing people's rights at work. And uh, we're now in an, in a unique position uh, as a result of having regained our national economic sovereignty. That between now and the centenary of the foundation of the state, uh, less than five years' time now, w- we can make uh, dramatic progress because of the mm. of the trajectory the economy is on. Uh, 
uh, we can solve the housing issue. We can. Well, I think we, so. We can not entirely rebuild our public health service, but we can go a sure. considerable distance. But I don't it. think you would be at odds with Leo Varadkar or Pascal Dunhu in that. I mean, they have this very ambitious uh, national development program out, it's not, to it's not, it's 20, not, out to 2040? It's not an ambitious national development pro- uh, program. It's, it's, a very, it's very slickly presented, uh, which um, they've developed a, a capacity for over the past uh, number of years in Fine Gael. Um, uh, but, but actually, uh, a, 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 we have the capacity um, uh, over that period of time. But it's better, I think, to focus on the period between now and the centenary of the foundation of the state because uh, if you stick it out over 10 or 11 years, you can make mm. figures look very good. But we have the capacity, uh, I- 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 if we focus on uh, rebuilding um, uh, uh, our public infrastructure and our public services to make enormous progress, what's envisaged in the National Development Plan, uh, after, uh, aside from all the spinning, uh, and slick presentation is is a mechanism by means of which to facilitate um, um, the, 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 the apportionment of a significant proportion of the resources that we can spend um, uh, on, on, on buying votes uh, through offering people uh, tax cuts, buying people's votes with their own money uh, and feeding the misconception uh, that that, that 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 puts money in people's pockets when all it does is mm. it puts money in the in the pockets of the people who benefit by the fact that we don't have good public services. But Jack, why would anybody vote for the Labour Party? Because the Labour Party approached the 2011 general election pro- promising the devil and all, promising uh, change. It was going to be Labour's way or uh, Frankfurt's way or Labour's way, basically. Uh, and uh, Eamon Gilmore uh, sort of put himself up there potentially as, uh, as, as Taoiseach and said that we might have Joan Burton as uh, Minister for Finance. We got none of that in the end. We got none of uh, bondholders weren't burnt, even though people were of the view um, that that's uh, pretty much what what Labour was going to do when it got into power. Instead, what we got was austerity, we got property taxes and we got water charges. Well, that's the way it's been depicted. And uh, tragically, the people in the Labour Party uh, allowed their case to be narrated uh, to the public by all of their political opponents rather than narrating it themselves. Uh, What actually happened, uh, in actual fact... uh, which ultimately, in about 500 years' time, will be verified by history uh, uh, when it doesn't make any difference, um, is that Labour uh, outlined uh, and sought a mandate for a better, fairer way. And we didn't just say that we would deliver a better, fairer way. We explained how we would do it. And there were three core elements to the proposition. Uh, One was that uh, we, we would go for a longer period of adjustment uh, than that which was envisaged by the Troika Agreement that Fianna mm. Fáil concluded or Fianna Gael's proposition to have an even shorter period. And the effect of that would have been to let growth do some of the heavy lifting. And the second element of it was that uh, the, the, the distribution uh, would be 50-50 as between public spending and tax cuts as against uh, Fine Gael's uh, 73-27. Uh, And uh, the other element of it was to focus on uh, the the development of the strategic investment bank to leverage money into the economy. And we sought a mandate for that and we set out what it would mean and uh, and we explained it in terms of 
the, the degree to which it would, uh, we would be able to avoid social welfare cuts and the degree to which we would be able to avoid, for example, increasing third level education fees, uh, college fees and so on. But we didn't get the mandate. Uh, le- less than one in five of those who went out to vote sure. voted for Labour and 60% of the people who went out to vote, uh, I don't think they understood they were doing this or they saw it in these terms, but the net effect of it was that 60% of the people voted for the parties and the individuals who guarantee the better off that they would have to contribute nothing. And we lost the election. Uh, we lost it badly. Uh, we should have acknowledged that we'd lost it badly. And we were faced with the choice between... Um, uh, playing politics with people's lives and leveraging our position on the backs of the cuts which would have been inflicted by Fine Gael and mm. the Troy. So we're talking about 2011 here. Just uh, we're talking to, just about to two, 2011. Uh, or, or, Was it a mistake or, then or, for or, Labour to go into government or alternatively, or, or, or alternatively trying to, to, to mitigate the worst effects of it, uh, which we very successfully did. Uh, it was a mistake if you measure our approach in terms of uh, uh, how do we how do we leverage our own position? Uh, it was not a mistake from the point of view of the working people of this country. And uh, the reality of it is, notwithstanding all they say, uh, that if you scrutinise the record of the Labour Party closely, uh, and this is why I stick with the Labour Party, uh, 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 if you scrutinise it very closely, um, the, 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 the Labour Party uh, has been to the forefront of every single incremental step that has been achieved, bar none, in 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 the attainment in in the in the in the attainment of equality to the degree that we have it in Ireland, either in government or opposition, and the second. Uh, uh, well, you're talking about the marriage referendum there. I, I'm, ta- I'm talking about everything right back to 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 the 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 the, the struggle for the the for the the, the right to be recognised uh, for the purposes of collective bargaining. Sure, uh, okay. over a hundred years Jack, ago, a lot but, of but, public but, servants but, but, feel sorry, very but, sour about Fempi. But uh, sorry, which, but sorry, I'll deal with that. Resulted in their pay being That was implemented by Labour Minister I'll deal with that in a second. But the second point I wanted to make in relation to Labour was, and this is why we don't view it in terms of was it a mistake to go into government. If you're only wondering about how do you leverage your own position. Certainly it was, uh, was a mistake. I remember coming out of that conference out in UCD on the 6th of March of 2011 uh, discussing with another delegate whether we'd get five or seven seats next time. Uh, we, we were very clearly uh, uh, of the view that we would be decimated. Uh, but but, but the, the choice was to abandon the people uh, to the tender mercies of Fine Gael and the Troika. And, and look at what they promised to do. They promised uh, to, 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 to cut basic rates of social welfare. They promised to, uh, to raise 10 billion euro of assets and privatisations, which would have meant selling everything, uh, including the kitchen sink. Uh, they, they promised to, to uh, review, which meant dismantle, the legal mechanisms which protect the pay in terms of employment of, at that time, a quarter of a million workers in the country. And they promised as well uh, that that uh, they would further cut those same public servants that you've just mentioned. Mm-hmm. That was their agenda. And uh, uh, and uh, if we had stood back and allowed them to do it, uh, we could have leveraged on the back of it. Uh, but the thing about it was was that you, we we would have lost so much of our social and economic infrastructure that you'd never get it back. So uh, these are the choices that you have to make. I was very clear. Uh, as a trade union representative 
as a negotiator, as a person who had a responsibility for uh, about 200,000 workers directly and many others because that's the role our union has always played. Uh, that you, 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 you dealt with the world as it was and uh, uh, I would not want to be ever mm. associated with a political party or a political movement that would choose to abandon people in order to leverage its own position. Do you stand over the water charges? Because a lot of working class people felt abandoned uh, by political parties over the water charges. They really felt they were being nailed to the wall. Well, uh, I, I don't. And, and our union took... Uh, I, I just want to say, uh, Kieran, that, that I stand over the core proposition. I stand over 75% of, w- of what was done. Mm. But there are things that I don't stand over. Mm. Um, uh, but but if you go back to 2013, and th- this has never really been been uh, put out in the public domain, and of course the Labour Party didn't put it out in the public domain. They allowed their position to be narrated by their political opponents from Fine Gael right across uh, to people on the left. Uh, but in 2013, that was the last year uh, of the of the Troika Agreement, and if we uh, in Ireland we're not able to regain our economic sovereignty, so to speak, get back to the markets by the end of that year. What it would have meant at best was that we would be going for another so-called bailout, which is a most inappropriate term for, 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 to describe it. But anyway, that's the term that's used. And, and what would have happened is precisely what, what, what happened in other countries that, that, were in the, that were in their hands. Is The first thing they do is they come and they check every single comma... Uh, and full stop uh, on the, on the agreement, and they make sure that you have uh, you have done all the privatisations, mm. all the wage cuts, all the social changes, and they don't and 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 before and there's no negotiation on the next one until you've done all that. That's what they did in Greece, yeah. and that's what. Well, mind you, Jack, and, and, and the, the next legal thing, services and, reform and, that and, was much promised never and came the, through. And the next thing, and the next thing they do then, after you've screwed your people to the wall. Uh, uh, and did all the stuff with all the privatisations and all the social welfare cuts and all the rest of it on a scale to to the power of 10 of what happened, Uh, then they say, now we'll fund you for the next three years and and here's what you're going to do with what's left. And that's what... Now... Okay, well, look, that didn't happen. Let's uh, let's uh, not uh, not try and uh, rerun history. No, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen because the Labour Party in the government made sure mm. that we got out from under their tentacles. Okay. So why were only 70 days uh, re-elected because, to the uh, be, the be, because as I say, uh, the, the Labour Party, uh, and I, I, I am, I've been extremely critical of them on this, uh, allowed our case to be narrated by Fine Gael and by, the, and by all the other political parties instead of making our case clear uh, as it were. And, and we ended up uh, uh, fighting the election on an absurd basis. On an absurd basis. And uh, I, I, uh, and whose fault was that, John Bird? Well, it was. I, I'm, not, I'm not going to, to attribute blame to an individual, but uh, uh, decisions were made uh, which, which were the wrong decisions. Yeah. Uh, I argued for a different course. Uh, I, I want to say this. Uh, I argued, uh, I wasn't terribly happy about the idea uh, of doing a, uh, another coalition agreement with Fine Gael. That should have gone to a party conference. It didn't. Uh, but, but even, but my, my, my basic argument 
was uh, that we should have had very clear red lines as to how uh, the benefits of the recovery would be deployed okay. to rebuild our public services and we didn't do that and we paid the price of it. Right. What are your chances of getting elected next time around, whenever the election? When do you think the election will be? I, I don't know, sure. It doesn't matter what I think, really. Uh, um, uh, but are you expecting, are you geared up for, let's say, the next 12 months? Well, uh, insofar as geared up is concerned, uh, um, we, we had... You have our, to go through the selection convention. We had, our, we had our selection convention scheduled for the 1st of March and it coincided blown with, away. with Storm uh, Emma, the worst... Uh, the worst storm we had, I believe, since 1982. I hope that's not a metaphor for something. And I told yeah, the people exactly. in the Labour Party in Wicklow that it looks as though I was bringing the same look to, to them as I did to the trade union movement for 20 years because I was president of the Congress of Trade Unions, vice president and president during the worst four years, uh, probably since the war and maybe longer, the Second World War, I mean. Um, but but uh, I, I'm, I'm confident about being elected. Um, well, I don't think like that. Uh, I never did. Uh, uh, I, I've been asked uh, to uh, represent. Well, I presume you want to be elected. Uh, I, well, well, what, what I, what I, what I'm doing, what I, what, I, what I'm primarily concerned with, is making the case for public investment and uh, and enhancing people's rights at work, uh, uh, establishing in this country uh, for for once and for all. Uh, uh, the, the right uh, to, to collective bargaining yeah, for and all workers. that's best done, Shirley, at all. And, uh, you can influence uh, policy. Uh, uh, yes, but before you do that, you have to influence public opinion and you have to win the debate and you have to, and you have to create a sufficient constituency to, uh, to, uh, to uh, elect enough people for it to happen. And uh, the, the primary task, as, as I see it, in the first instance, in relation to the election in Wicklow and everywhere else, is 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 to set out the case, irrespective of the consequences, because it's not necessarily all that popular, uh, and to try to win the argument uh, for rebuilding, uh, for housing our people, mm. rebuilding our public health service, mm. redeveloping our education system, uh, and affording people. Through a referendum, incidentally, it would require a referendum uh, for full collective bargaining rights uh, uh, everywhere, which which workers across Europe, incidentally, in most countries. With the exception of the last piece, Jack, I mean, I think every politician in Ireland kind of stands broadly on the same platform. They all call for investment in health. They all call for changes in education. They all call for more jobs and everything else. But what they don't do, uh, and they won't do, is tell people the truth. They won't tell people that it means that we invest in public services instead of cutting taxes. Um, uh, they will try to tell people that we can do both. And um, given the resources we have and given the scale of the deficit in our public infrastructure, we can't. And, uh, and anyone who is... Uh, so you're uh, standing on a platform, no cuts to taxes, investment in public services. I'm, well, I'm, the, 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 the platform I'm standing on, to be precise about mm. it, is that we can house our people, we can solve the housing crisis, we can make dramatic progress in rebuilding our public health service, um, uh, we, we can uh, develop our education services, our public education services, we can address to some degree the childcare challenge between now and the centenary of the foundation of the state if we deploy all of the resources that... Uh, become available to the the the, the, the how much the how much do we need for that? Well, 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 well. What we need to do is 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 we need to deploy all of the three point four billion that we can spend each year, 
and we probably need to find ways uh, to, to do a bit more than that because we, we are going to have surpluses over the next five years. Well, we hope we will. Uh, well, if the economy remains... A lot of uncertainty the around Brexit, Trump, well, Brexit, you know, uh, Russia and uh, well, I mean, the West. I mean, I mean, the, 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 if, you, if, you take that, if you take that to its logical conclusion, uh, we, uh, that the planet mightn't be here. Uh, 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 but, but, but based on the current trajectory of things, um, we, we, we will have surpluses of the order of five billion a year. We won't be able to spend it all we will be able to spend about 3.4 billion. We can stretch that uh, by doing off-balance sheet investment. We can do it very successfully in relation to housing by adopting the cost rental model uh, that was uh, developed by the Nevin Institute some years ago. Uh, and, uh, uh, and the point is, is that we can make this dramatic progress between now and the centenary of the foundation of the state without increasing taxes. Mm. We can what do that. And parallel, and People don't want to hear about increasing taxes. They want to hear about reducing taxes, Jack. I mean, uh, what, taxes were put up well, 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 substantially well, well, uh, during well, the austerity well, well, not, well, what 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 people want to hear, really, uh, is about putting money in their pockets. It's about enhancing their living standards and their quality of life and the opportunities for themselves and their children. And uh, people have been led to believe uh, that cutting tax is the way to do that. It's not. It's a misconception. Because what's happening is, is that whereas there's, there, there's this um, perceived uh, increase in, in take-home pay, what's happening is, is, is that people, it's costing people more, the, the great majority of people more, because it costs them more uh, to pay for, for housing, it costs them by reason of the absence of a mm. proper public housing programme. It costs them more to educate their children by reason of the absence of, uh, of a properly funded public education system. It costs them dramatically more to provide for childcare because we have the, m the most underdeveloped childcare infrastructure uh, in, in any of the Western European countries. Sure. Take, for example, childcare. Well, the, I don't the, think we have time to go into... Uh, well, 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 just, just, child, on, well, well just on just this one specific. Uh, 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 the average spend in all of Europe, and some countries do more than this, this is the average. The average spend on childcare with populations with a lesser proportion of children than ours is the equivalent of 1% of GDP. Do you know what we're spending, Kieran? Go on. 0.2%. That's how far we are behind. Okay. And, and we're telling people that it's saving them money yeah. to cut taxes by a, by a couple of pennies so that politicians can leverage off it. Whilst at, at the same time, we're, we're depriving them of, 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 the, of the resources that every other country in Europe provides. Okay, let's uh, talk about the economy. Uh, for, because on childcare. The economy is roaring ahead. Um, after yes. the austerity years, we came out of the Troika bailout, as you said, at the end of 2013. Mm. Things look very bleak for us. At that stage, we've been the fastest growing economy now in Europe for the past few years. Yes. The SRI in a report that's going to be published on Thursday morning uh, will suggest that unemployment uh, next year will fall to 4.5%, yes. uh, which is nearly the low we had before the crash. Employment is almost yes. back at record levels, 2.2 yes. odd yes. Uh, million. I mean, these are all positive things, aren't they? Very, very much so. And, uh, and thanks to the role that uh, uh, the, the, the Labour Party played uh, but it's when, been accelerated over the past two years under well, the well, well, minority the, government, yeah, the, the, the Fine Gael has leveraged off it. Uh, uh, but but what, we're, what we're experiencing now 
is the product of the decisions which were made uh, when Labour was in government. And basically what we have in this country is, is we have a great deal of economic growth uh, which is, uh, is as a result of the combination of two things. It is a, a, as a result of the sacrifices the people made, mm. which they shouldn't have had to make. Mm. And it is as a result of the fact uh, that, that Labour sacrificed itself and went into that bloody government when it had the, 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 the alternative of staying out and, and letting the misery be inflicted on the people on the scale envisaged in the Fine Gael Manifesto. I read that manifesto, by the way back in 2011, uh, 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 and leveraged off it. So, uh, yes, we, we have a growing economy, and what's critically important now is that uh, we, we use the proceeds of that to rebuild the services upon which, which people depend. Um, and we make our country more like the developed countries of Europe, mm. where, where people have social protection and, uh, and public services uh, instead of allowing them to be bought and sold in the marketplace as though they were commodities. And uh, uh, so what, what, about the, what about the role of trade unions? It has been Pascal Donoghue today said that the government wants to develop a new form of engagement with the trade union movement. Of course, we had social partnership uh, up to the crash for uh, many, many years, which led to uh, various national pay deals and so forth. But he ruled out any return to social partnership and said it would, uh, this would involve uh, determining pay rises across the economy. Uh, he's suggesting that engagement basically, I think, around pensions and maybe around Brexit. Yes, Fine Gael is managing very cleverly uh, to, to, to adopt the, the posture of a, of a catch-all party. And uh, the centre-right parties uh, across Europe have recognised uh, that um, they made a dog's dinner uh, of their management of the response to the economic collapse uh, by crucifying working people and, uh, and, uh, and have, as a consequence, driven them all over Europe into the hands of, uh, of, of uh, forces which are in one way or another uh, entirely hostile. Well, that didn't happen in Ireland. To the uh, European really. project. I mean, it might have happened in other countries. Yes, but, but, fi- but, fi- but and Fine Gael did come back uh, with a large number of seats. I accept that they uh, lost a lot of seats, but yeah, they also and, came and, back and with the, the highest number of seats. And what they what they have learned is, is to steal some of Fianna Fáil's clothes and uh, to uh, to to present themselves uh, as more of a catch-all party than simply a party which represents the interests mm. of the better off, which they, which they were traditionally happy to represent Okay, but what about as. his call for a new form of engagement? Uh, do you agree with that? Well, I, in favor uh, of well uh, as a trade unionist, um, one, one, one has to be prepared to engage uh, with governments at all levels. Mm. And um, uh, insofar as the the government is offering engagement. Uh, I, I think we should try to explore the potential of it. Um, we we have an abysmal position here in this country in relation to pensions, um, and uh, uh, th- there may be some potential I- I- in that kind of engagement. Um, I don't really think that um, we can negotiate one size fits all wages in our economy anymore. Um, because of the diversity of it. Um, so was social partnership back in the day, was that a mistake? Well, it, it arose at, uh, at a critical moment in our history back in the 1980s um, when, when we had a very different kind of economy when you could do 
mm. one size fits, fits all. And pay, the consensus was, pay, was needed. Pay, pay agreements. Mm. And it was responsible for the most dramatic recovery of any country in Europe. Um, an, even, an even more dramatic recovery than that which we're experiencing at the present time. Um, and um, tragically, uh, the, 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 the balance of power was um, shifted away. Yeah, was, okay. was won well, by the PDs back in 1997. They went on to ruin Ireland with uh, neoliberal policies. Let's, let's bring it up to date. How do you, how do you rate Pascal Dunne, who is finance minister? He's a very competent man, I think. Um, he's very he's 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 more fortunate though than he is competent, um, and it goes back to Napoleon's um, adage about lucky generals. Um, anyone can look good uh, when the uh, when when the the, the, the coffers are full, um, but I think he's a very competent man. I also think, incidentally, not just speaking about him, uh, but but uh, in in uh, because I've been active in the trade union movement forty four years. Um, I've come to learn that the majority of people who are involved in politics, irrespective of their uh, political outlook or politi- political beliefs, are well-intended people. And, and um, uh, I would have no reason uh, to doubt uh, his integrity or his commitment to the public interest. What about Leo? I, How would you I, rate him? I disagree, with, uh, I disagree with both of them. Um, How would you rate Leo as Taoiseach? They're, 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 they're extremely competent people. Uh, they're they're slick performers. Um, I've no doubt they work hard. Uh, they are ambitious people. Uh, nothing in, in particular wrong with that. Uh, but but they subscribe uh, to the neoliberal view of the world. Um, they, they 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 are uh, believers in the myth of the market. Uh, although they do seem to be adjusting their position now in the same way that the centre right across Europe is adjusting its position in response uh, to the consequences of the dreadful policies that they pursued in the aftermath uh, of, of the financial collapse, which, which may well have, yeah. which may well have destroyed the European project. If Jack O'Connor gets elected to the next stall and Labour is in a position where it could participate uh, in government, would you be happy to serve in government with Leo Varadkar and Pascal Dunne? Well, I don't think that that's going to. I don't think that, that the question of my serving in government. Uh, is um, is is that issue? But I, I do want to say well, this: Labour though. serving in government. I mean, you yeah, have a voice. Labour, Labour serving in government. A, now, that's a, a, that's a different one. Just let me deal with that. Uh, I I I think that the key challenge facing uh, democratic socialists and social democrats, irrespective of whether they're in the Labour Party or the uh, or the Social Democratic Party uh, or other people on the independent left, uh, is to offer an alternative. Um, uh, to, to, to the people at this crucial moment which, which optimises the potential uh, to rebuild our public investment uh, okay. uh, and, and but if Jack O'Connor people. would Jack O'Connor TD support Labour going back into government with Fine Gael? I, I think that the, the, the Labour Party uh, and I think the same possibly could apply to others maybe but the, 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 certainly the Labour Party faces uh, a major conundrum in this because you see um, if we say we won't go into government, we're immediately irrelevant. And if we say we will, we'll feed the belief that many people hold uh, that we're only interested in being in government for its own sake. 
And my own view is coming to, to the position, I haven't fi- finally thought it through yet, and this is certainly not a position that has been discussed within the party, but my own view is that um, there is merit in adopting the position that we would be prepared if we hold the balance of power to negotiate an agreement with either of the three nationalist parties, um, any, any one of them, um, this is Fine Gael, Fine Fáil or Sinn Féin. Or Sinn Féin, any of the three nationalist parties, uh, um, uh, on the basis of prioritising public investment and people's rights at work. And we would be prepared to, to, to enter into an agreement that, that would last for five years. And I think we could be trusted to honour that agreement uh, because we've always honoured our agreements, historically. And, uh, but that we wouldn't go into the government. Now, the thing about that is, is that at one level... That means that you would have less influence in the implementation of policy and in the framing of the government's approach. But you would possibly have a little bit more negotiating space because you would be offering uh, a prospective uh, Taoiseach from one or other of the three nationalist parties uh, uh, the, 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 the possibility that, that they could fill all, all 15 cabinet posts and all the junior ministers' posts from their own ranks. So it might well be that you would have a little more leverage in negotiating a programme. Um, and, um, uh, and at the same time, uh, you would be dealing with the, with the, the allegation uh, that, uh, that Labour is only interested in being in government for its own sake. But none of that is that terribly important. What is terribly important is that the people who believe in using the resources that are going to become available for the next five years, uh, in housing, uh, that, that, that should be deployed in housing our people, uh, uh, rebuilding our health service, developing our education system, investing in childcare, as distinct from trying to buy people's mm. votes with their own money through tax cutting. Mm. Win the balance of power. That's the key thing. Finally, Jack, um, can I just ask you, you've been nearly 40 years a uh, full-time paid official with, yeah. uh, with SIPTU and its predecessors. Is a lot of the working man and woman better now than it was when you uh, sort of first joined the movement? Well, uh, we, we live in a very diverse economy um, and I think it's fair to say that for educated people uh, that... Um, especially people who, who entered the labour force 10, 15 years ago, um, I think that they're generally better off. Um, I, I think that there are major questions about the quality of some of the employment that, 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 that is being generated now. Uh, the Eurofound, the, the, the European institution which is based out in Lockdownstown, conducted a very detailed analysis back in 2015 to ascertain the extent of what they call um, um, irregular contracts uh, in in the workforce here. And they concluded, based on that extensive survey, which they published in 2016, that no less than 46% of the people at work under the age of 35 uh, are on these non-standard contracts of employment. In other words, insecure, precarious work. And uh, I'm sure the the thing has improved a bit since then, but that's a frightening figure. Mm. Um, uh, uh, And the other thing is, when you think of that, when you just think of that for a second and posit it against the data in relation to housing, 
we now have one third of of our households who are renting, and you and it 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 follows. I mean, it's perfectly reasonable uh, to assume that that forty six percent significantly populate sure. that, that one third. So they're being exploited at work, and they're being exploited in terms of their housing entitlement. And we and 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 we are turning a blind eye. Yeah, well, Telling just because they're on what you might describe as an irregular contract doesn't necessarily mean they've been exploited at work. But I, I take your point. Some, uh, some probably uh, no, are. No, some, no. Well, well, this is an interesting point. Uh, uh, we don't have any data whatsoever for the extent to which people want to be in uh, mm-hmm. uh, non-standard contracts of employment. But you have to apply certain uh, uh, rational logic to it. How many people want to be in the position that they can't get a mortgage? or that they can't get a loan for a car, or that they can't pay for a holiday, or that they don't know where they're going to be working this time next year. Mm. I mean, how many people want to be in that situation? Yeah, sure. But as we look out, are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future on the basis of, you know, robots and artificial uh, intelligence and machine learning? And I mean, what's that going to do for the workforce? Well, what I think is this, is, is that... Is that um, we're now well into the fourth industrial revolution uh, and uh, the, 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 the developments of science have an enormous amount of potential for working people and for humanity. But the question is not about the science. The question is about the politics because it's about who's going to control it, who's going to own it, who is going to regulate it and how is it going to be used? Is it just going to be used to make profits for shareholders, uh, which in and of itself is not a bad thing? But if it's exclusively about that, then it's to the detriment of all those people you're referring to under the term working person. Mm. Okay. And, I mean, you have stepped down as general president of SIP2, but you're still on the payroll, I think. Is that right? Yes, I I stepped down on the 14th of... uh, I stepped down on the... I left Liberty Hall on the 18th of December. Um, and uh, I'm still employed uh, 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 in another job on, on pretty m- about half pay, half pay. Um, I, rep- I represent uh, the Irish Congress of Trade Unions. I'm a member of the Executive Council of Congress still. I represent the Irish Congress of Trade Unions on the Executive Council of the European Trade Union Confederation and on the General Council of the International Global uh, trade Union Confederation, and uh, I represent the, the movement on, 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 on a lot of bodies mm. sure. that arise from that. And I do think, ultimately, uh, I've argued this for very many years, uh, unsuccessfully, one of the many uh, cases I've argued unsuccessfully over those years, that the Congress of Trade Unions here should have an international department with a few people employed in it, in an island country. Uh, IBEC, for example, has three people in Brussels all the time. Uh, the IFA, I believe, of two, uh, lobbying all the, the time as well, uh, yeah, on behalf sure. of their members. And uh, I, I, I believe that um, uh, after, after, after I go... So, so when do you officially retire? Well, I can retire uh, next year. Uh, uh, I, can re- I, I can retire next year. Um, it'll, be, it'll be in the hands of, of, the, the, of other people to decide whether, whether I retire or not. But of course, I might well be a, a Labour TD for Wicklow by then if the, if the voters in Wicklow 
61 now? In their wisdom, decide to, to elect me to that. Yes, um, but I don't think that people should be written off because they're 61. No, no, I wouldn't dream of writing um, off. Jack. Bernie Saunders is, is 76, and I think uh, the latest I've heard is he's the most popular politician in America. Yeah. Uh, I'm no Bernie Saunders, uh, but uh, I do intend... I'll be shaved, I, in, I do intend one way or the other, Ciarán, and, and, and what I'm clear on is this, and I've always been clear on it, is that, is that in one way or another, uh, I will be active in the trade union movement and in the labour movement for, for many years to come. And I'll do whatever I'm directed to do by the people whose responsibility it is to direct me. All right, Jack O'Connor, thank you for joining us. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Peter Hamilton and Jack O'Connor. Jennifer Ryan produced the show with JJ Vernon as sound engineer. Don't forget that you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our business today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care.